It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome in to a beautiful Tuesday. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. You're listening to the very first episode of the Superior Sports Talk Show presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Luke Inman here on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman alongside Riding Shotgun. You know him. I love him. Carol Levin's very own Reggie Wilson on Twitter <laughs> at Reggie Wilson TV. Got a jam-packed show today breaking down the Timberwolves postseason hopes, the Minnesota Twins opening series reaction, and later on we play What Does It Mean As I Put Reggie on the Hot Seat? Plus special guest Russell Brown, a draft analyst and national scout from Cover One Sports, comes in to help break out the NFL draft just two weeks away and who the Vikings should target with the 12th overall pick. It's all coming up. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will too. It's easy to use. You pick two to five players and over or under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix offers a variety of options. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. Plus, PrizePix doesn't just offer NBA. They offer options on the college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. Back at it in the Superior Sports Talk Show, Luke Emden here with Reggie Wilson, and the 2021 NBA regular season has officially come and gone, and while the Timberwolves exceeded a lot of national expectations by many standards, going 46 and 36, and in doing so, locked themselves into the seventh seed in the Western Conference, and if you talk to the team and fans around the state, their work is not done yet, as they truly believe they can make a serious push in the playoffs. So the stage is now set to play the eight-seeded Los Angeles Clippers tonight at the Target Center. So Reggie, your quick thoughts on the 2021 season as a whole and how they match up versus their round one opponent. Well, you know, I I think this is a a great opportunity for them to kind of flex their muscles, to show who they are, Mm. to show that, hey, we have arrived. You know, there have been some times this season where they looked really good. You know, I was at the game uh, a little while back against the Lakers when they just basically just shot them out of the gym. It was pretty embarrassing from, you know, I grew up a Lakers fan after 
Michael Jordan and the Bulls and all that. And so, <laughs> and so I was just like, good Lord, like you guys are just going to do that. Like there was a lot of trash talk. There was a lot of, you know, a, a lot of just like swagger and, and they play mm. like a team that is very confident and it can be a catch 22 sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you can be a little too confident and maybe that can like bite you in the butt a little bit. But I think it's been them trying to figure out this season like who they are, what are we about, learning how to be a winning organization because they have struggled to do that over the last decade plus. And so I think, you know, this is this is an opportunity for them to go ahead and beat the Clippers and match up against the Memphis Grizzlies and, and really try to, like, establish themselves like, hey, we are here. We are the Timberwolves. This is the new Wolves. This is not the same old Wolves that you just, you know, you come in and you beat up on. We're, we're different this year. And I think that's something that is exciting to watch starting tonight. Yeah, no doubt. You talk about the unique fingerprint and identity that this team, this, or this coaching staff now has. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long ago. Let's flash back to just 2018. We're talking about guys like Jimmy Butler, Covington, mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, of of course, Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns was the focal point, the young buck, blue chip, bright centerpiece to build around. But what do you what do you think makes this team different from what we saw in 2018? A team that had a lot of high hopes, just like this one, to not only make the playoffs but make a serious playoff push. All right, so I wasn't here in 2018, right? But right, right, yep. I've talked to people since I've been here, and mm-hmm. you know, I read from afar back then. And I think one of the biggest things this season that's different from 2018 is they actually like each other. <laughs> a concept, right? You know, they they seem to be a little bit more cohesive. You know, the mm-hmm. whole thing about Jimmy Butler getting the 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 scout team together and and running the starters off the court and all that stuff like I don't know that Jimmy Butler's way of leadership was very good for that team back then. And we saw they didn't go very far. And and most of those players that were on that team are now not on the team anymore. And they kind of remade themselves. I think this team kind of goes as Cat goes. And Cat himself has kind of remade him, himself as far as like who he is as a player, who he is as a person. I mean, you can't go through what he's been through over the last right. few years and not change mm-hmm. as a person. He's matured. He's he's taken more of that leadership role, and guys are, are more inclined to follow him. You know, you got veterans coming in like Patrick Beverly, and he is getting behind Cat. He's like, hey, this is your team. We're going as you lead us. And Cat is taking that on his shoulders and really trying to, you know, do that and be that guy. And they need him to be a consistent presence day in and day out. And I think that's the difference. This team is much younger as well. You mentioned Butler and Covington and all those guys, you know, guys that are, are you know, back then approaching 30, now 30. You know, this team is much, much, much younger. You know, you're talking about a team led by D'Lo and Cat and Anthony Edwards, who is 20 years old, 20 years old, and he's balling Wild. out of control. It's it's crazy. This team has an, <laughs> has a ceiling like you wouldn't believe if they go ahead and put it together, unlike the, the teams of the past with Cat and Wiggins and Levine. I think this team is 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 special in a way, and we just want to see them reach their potential. 
I, I'm so glad you brought up Cat's role and impact and, and maturity too. And 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 I want to ask you how it relates back to Coach Finch because the front office mm. extended Coach Finch and the coaching staff and, yep. and just what that, that means for the future of this franchise and the direction it's headed after what you've been able to see what Coach Finch has done with this young core roster of talent that you just talked about. Now, look, I know that they had a great relationship. The players, I should say, Cat, they had a great relationship with, we'll call him Lil Flip, the, the younger. Lil Flip. Yeah, yeah Lil Flip, the, the, the younger Sanders. Um, Saunders, I'm sorry. Uh, I think the difference is Chris Finch has instilled and installed a way of playing that the players seem to really buy into. Mm. And also – as opposed to, you know, Lil Flip, they, they're actually winning these games. Like, he has, he has installed a way of playing that, you know, they can use to actually win games this year. And we've seen them go on five, six-game winning streaks this year. And it's interesting because, you know, it was kind of weird how Finch kind of came in, you know, just like – Hey, he's our coach now. He's going to be our coach moving forward. And it wasn't like at the end of the season. It was kind of during the season. And and that's a weird situation. But he has come in and stabilized this group, the unit, and the team. The front office has been committed to putting guys around him, getting guys like D'Lo, drafting a guy like Anthony Edwards, you know, putting guys around him, uh, Patrick Beverly, to really like maximize the talent around Cat as Cat is the centerpiece. And Cat talked about it last week. He and Finch are like actually friends outside of everything else. They talk to each other. They can nearly finish each other's sentences. Like they, he said that sometimes they call and talk to each other and they talk for hours. And a lot of times maybe it's not even about hoops. It's just about life. And when you have a, a team, a star player in sync with his head coach like that, good results tend to follow He's motivated, Finch is motivated, and they just seem to to mesh really well and it's it's turned into a, a great season for the Wolves, which is awesome to see, especially from a fan perspective. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of great talking points right there. You talked over 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time tip-off at the Target Center. Game one, you're going to be there. Let's talk about this uh, matchup against the Clippers. You know, uh, the Clippers aren't used to being this low in the West Standings. And and quite frankly, I don't think a lot of people expected them to even be in the mix when they lost Kawhi Leonard uh, with the torn ACL. Uh, There was the Paul George injury that forced him to miss three to four months. And yet they still manage a way to clinch this eight seed. So, um, uh, just a knee-jerk reaction when you look at these rosters side-by-side. Side. How do you think the T-Wolves match up with the Clippers tonight? You know what's interesting is talent-wise, I think the Timberwolves blow these guys out of the water. Mm. But, but, all right, let me preface by saying Ty Lu. I don't think gets enough credit as one of the best coaches in the league. Anytime you are without Kawhi Leonard all season, you are without Paul George, like you said, for three to four months. Like, the dude probably needs Tommy John surgery. He's going to play tonight, and he's been playing, but he has a torn UCL in his shooting elbow. Like, Mm. how is he even playing through that? But with Ty Lue being able to lead these guys to wins without two of the very biggest stars on his team says so much about what 
he can do as a coach. And we saw it last year when they had Kawhi, when they had PG. Well, they had Kawhi for a little bit of the time in the playoffs. He was able to coach these guys all the way through to to almost beating Phoenix to be able to get to the finals. Like, this dude can coach. And I think if there's anything to worry about tonight, it is that. That he's going to have these guys ready to go. And they are going to play up to the level of competition that they have. You know, guys like Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard. You know, these guys can play ball. And Lou has a good way of maximizing them as a talent. But it's it's interesting because we've seen what the Timberwolves look like when they are playing to their best capabilities. When D'Lo is is putting up 20 plus and Cat is putting up 20 30 plus and and Edwards is just jumping out of the gym and playing to his potential like it could be a situation where they can win by 10 or 15 if they're playing the game that they can play but like I said with the Clippers being as sound as they are behind Ty Lue I think it's going to be a matchup that ends up coming down to the wire, which should be very fun for us to watch on a late-night flow. <laughs> Game one tonight at the Target Center, tip-off 8.30 Central Standard Time. Rest assured, Reggie's going to be there, and we'll be here tomorrow to break down all the action in what is sure to be an energetic and electric game for the T-Wolves, who host their first playoff game since 2018. Coming up, we bring in our special guest for the day, Russell Brown from Cover One, to break down the NFL draft. But first... a quick ad from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Rock Audio. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choose only the brand from their warehouse happens to carry. You have the computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your work car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Back in the lab, it's Reggie and Luke on the Superior Sports Talk Show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. I'm so excited to bring in our guest today as we gear up for the 2022 NFL Draft just 16 days away. He's a national scout and NFL Draft analyst for Cover One Sports. Bringing him in now, my good friend Russell Brown on Twitter, at Draft. Yeah, it's, it's great to be talking to you, brother. How you doing? For guys like you and me, it, it, it's a wonderful time of the year, right? Mock drafts. You were at down at the, the Combine in Indy. You were at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Uh, the team interviews, uh, the, the swirling rumors and speculation. Russ, if you had to pick one thing, what, what's your favorite thing about just this pre-draft process? Honestly, it's learning the player and figuring out who they are, what makes them tick, 
seeing their background information. You know, like you look at a player like Nicobe Dean, he hasn't had a B plus since his eighth grade year of middle school, went to, went to school for mechanical engineering, a very clear, smart guy off the field, smart guy on the field, having a, men- a meniscus issue right now in his knee, which is why he's kind of all over the board and why he hasn't tested this, this off season yet. Um, but, you know, you, you look at him, you, you look at other players, you look at Trayvon Walker, for example, was, was a walking double double in high school and basketball you go and you watch his games um so like i I just i look back and i I look at all these these players and you know i don't get to every single one you know there's there's five six hundred players in the in the draft i don't get to every single one but i I just love researching um how they got to where they are and 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 why they chose certain schools and it's just it's such a a fun process and I, i think i get more enjoyment out of that than sometimes watching the tape but i do love grinding the tape Russell, great to great to have you on with us. Uh, probably missed you at the combine. I was there as well, but you know it's all good. We'll catch you at the next one. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay, the one thing that really kind of bothers me sometimes about the draft is I think sometimes it just takes way too long because by the time we get there, we've had about mm-hmm. seventy six thousand mock drafts. <laughs> and the 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 crazy part is it's an inexact science nobody really really knows and on draft night we inevitably have those picks that we're like what oh, i didn't see them on the mock draft yeah. who are some of the names that you think could be sleeper names to kind of show up in round 1 well, certainly, I think, um, you know, and you're absolutely right. I, I think there's times where I, I love how long the process uh, process is because, one, it, give, it gives me a job. But also, I, I, I like, you know, how you make a, the, the statement of there's just too many mock drafts. And you're absolutely right. Like, I've only done two this year. I'll do one more in another week or so. But, you know, I, I think uh, to answer your question, one player that really stands out is Arnold Evichetti out of Penn State, mm. uh, the edge rusher. Not necessarily the, the biggest guy on the field, but he ended up being 18th on my board. He had a first-round grade. I like him over players like George Karloftis and Trayvon Walker because mm. I think he's got a better pass rush plan. If he can time his first step, I think he can become an absolute terror off the edge. So I think there's a team somewhere in that 20 range that could certainly use him and be very interested in his skill set. You also look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. They have two picks in that first round in the top 20. If they look at maybe replacing Brandon Graham, who's 34, 35 years of age, I think he would make a lot of sense. Um, I, I would say Trevor Penning because he's a little bit of a you know, a, a small school guy, but he's done so much for his draft stock. I don't think it would be surprising. But the other player would be Lewis Seen out of Georgia. He's gotten a lot of love, a lot of hype. He's a very physical playmaker in, in the back end of that defense. Some might even say he's the best player on that defense because of his range and just his his physical presence. presence. He's, he's got that enforcing ability. So I think this safety class is very good. And if, you know, it's, it's more so you have Kyle Hamilton, then you kind of pick your flavor between, you know, Jaquan Briscoe, Daxton Hill, players like that. So Scene might be that player that comes up onto the scene, no pun intended, but he might be a top 25 pick when it's all said and done. I want you to put your GM cap on here for a second, Russ, and talk to our about the Minnesota Vikings and what they could do with that 12th overall pick. <laughs> Remember, you're the GM, okay? You got a first time head coach in Kevin O'Connell, a lot of pressure, but your job is just to bring the best group of players to build this roster. So 
If you're the GM for the Vikes with that 12th pick, what's just the ideal scenario you're hoping to fall into place in your lap on draft night? Realistically, you're hoping for a Kyle Hamilton to fall into your lap uh, just mm-hmm. to get another safety back there to pair up with with Harrison Smith. Obviously, you know I, I don't mean any disrespect to uh, Josh Metellus or Cameron Bynum back there, but I certainly would think upgrading another safety back there would be huge, and I think Hamilton would be a great addition. If not that, I would be really intrigued with maybe a, a Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU just simply because you would pair him up with you know Patrick Peterson, and I know they've they've added some players into their secondary, but I think a player like that if you can get him back from 2019 and get the ball skills and get the speed which he showed at his pro day and the athleticism if you can get that player back on the field and he's healthy then I think you get obviously one of the best players in the draft and beyond that I mean he he just has to stay healthy he's only played in 10 games over the last two seasons so that's a very big concern and if it's not that I mean do you look at a player like a you know a Jordan Davis out of Georgia? I think that might be an interesting fit, just simply because you could plug him into the middle of that defense with Dalvin Tomlinson. You see the elite athleticism from a player that size, and you know Luke, we've been talking a long time. This team is always it. It feels like every year we're talking three techs, uh, one techniques, two eyes, zero shaded mm-hmm. defensive tackles. And I know you know Dalvin Tomlinson's in the middle there, but Jordan Davis, I just feel like plugging in the middle of that team and with how Green Bay can run the football with Detroit putting the emphasis of running the football that might be the way to go um, and then just the outside chance uh, the, the outside chance of maybe going at wide receiver that maybe they they get a little splashy because it's O'Connell do they look at a Chris Olave out of Ohio State a Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State I think both of those guys would be really good fits and honestly I think Drake London would be a good fit because a lot of people say he's only an ex receiver the majority of his snaps early in his career were played out of the slot so I think he's kind of that big time slot receiver where he could split those reps with Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen and Drake London in the mix his 50-50 skills would be incredible so those would be the three players four players that I think in, in hindsight you would really want on your football team at 12 if they're there you, you would really have to weigh your options of which one you want oh my goodness Russell Woo! Russell thank you <laughs> thank you Look, I am all in on that. If if a guy like Stingley or Hamilton is off the board and they don't trade back and you're going best player available and you have an, an opportunity to draft a top flight wide receiver like Olave or Wilson or or maybe even you, you take a swing at Jameson Williams, like do that. I'm like all in on that. If you're going to be this high powered offense, you know, similar to like the Rams and yep. you're just going to throw it all over the place. Like I am with that draft a wide receiver. That would be the type of violence that I'm here for on mm. draft night. <laughs> but I-, I will ask you beyond that, um, especially for Vikings fans who may be who may be, you know, like, hey, what guy should we be looking out for? What What are some of your your favorite guys? Uh, some favorite prospects in this draft that maybe they are a little bit under the radar. Maybe they're not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did mention Arnold Ebiketti a little bit earlier. I will stay down that path and he's, he's a little bit more hyped up now and, and he's somebody that I think is a top 10 player in the draft, and that's the eighth overall player on my board in Jermaine Johnson. Mm-hmm. He is just somebody that, you know, he, he might be another player you throw into this defense. And I know, you know, you added Darius Smith. I know you added Harrison Phillips. I, I know I know there's a lot of, of talent there, but I think the overall ability to maybe add a, a Jermaine Johnson would be an even better 
better upgrade for your team. And I think when you look at Johnson, he is he is rocked up at 6'5", 254. Saw him down at the senior bowl. He, you know, was battling with players like Darian Kennard and, and he was he was he was killing it down there. And he's somebody that has really good, you know, length and he's got a nice blend of speed to power in his game. I think he he's really just relentless on backside pursuit, which you want to see when players are playing as that weak side edge rusher. And when you look at him, he was a rotational player at Georgia and he goes to Florida State, wins ACC Defensive Player of the Year. You just, you know, you can't teach that. That's somebody that wants to get better. And I know he had a long path, a long road to this spot, but I think he is somebody, again, as a top 10 player, he's more than likely going to go in that range. But if he ends up falling at 12, that's best player available, best case scenario. You take a guy like that. But beyond that, deeper into this draft because that's the bread and butter. That's what I love to do. And I, I think when we talk wide receiver, Christian Watson, North Dakota State would be a phenomenal yes. fit. 6'4", 208, really moves well. And he is somebody that, you know, people say, well, he wasn't highly touted as a recruit. Well, he was. He took the offers and threw them away because when he was in high school, he committed to North Dakota State right away, and that's where he wanted to play. He took everything else and threw it away. So he is somebody at that size, really good flexible lower body for the position, which is important when you're in those one-on-one -on -one situations, especially down in the red zone. He's versatile. He can be used in a lot of different spots. I think that's very important. Um, Aside from that, I mean, looking just at the defensive side of the football, again, talking about interior defensive line, I do like the idea of a Perion Winfrey from Oklahoma in that or in that defense. Just He reminds me a little bit of Nick Fairley, got really good length, good explosiveness. He's high energy, man. Down in Mobile, he was the guy that was setting the tone, getting guys excited. So I, I think those would be certainly three guys. And then just lastly, just talking about the secondary, we talked a little bit about safety, adding another guy into the mix and I'm going to be honest one of my favorite players in this draft and he's not really talked about a ton is Brian Cook out of Cincinnati a little bit more of that box safety type of player he didn't get a super high grade for me you know a fourth round pick somebody that I, I think could go you know, in that 90 to 100 range, but he's a physical downhill tackler. And when you think about hockey, you think about the penalty kill. This is the guy that is that enforcer, the grind line type of player in the NFL. He can cover tight ends and running backs. He's not going to do a bunch of slot receiver stuff. He's not going to win you with speed, but he is a player that took the, the scenic route to um, to Cincinnati. He played 21 games at Howard University. At, in high school, he was a baseball player. This guy, physical, loved his skill set. I think in that fourth, fifth round range, you get really good value there. So he might have to go a little bit sooner at maybe pick 77, but there's enough there where they could move up in round four and take that guy. It's, it's funny you say that because I covered Cincinnati the last two years, and those guys, mm -hmm. like, you, we have a chance to see between Sauce and Cook and, and Kobe Bryant, those guys being mm. all, like, top three-round players, which is just incredible considering, you know, Cincinnati is not one of those schools that people are just like, oh, you know, they just have all this talent. But Luke Fickle is really building a bully there. He's a defensive guy, and he's, like, mm -hmm. really developing some of these guys. So it's just so funny to hear you say that because these are names that, you know, I've been talking about for, for the last few years in Cincinnati. Uh, I, I, can we give Desmond Ritter a little bit of love here, too, by uh -oh, the way, guys? Uh -oh. I mean, maybe the number two quarterback <laughs> uh, going in the draft. We'll find out. Russ, uh, you got me ready to run through a wall, man. I, I wish the draft <laughs> was tomorrow. I wish we could pick your brain all day, all night. But uh, before we let you go, Russ, uh, what can we look forward to seeing from you over the next few days leading up to draft weekend? 
Yeah, my, my draft guide just dropped today. It's uh, 125 players, in-depth scouting reports. Uh, so kind of the stuff that I'm talking about here, you can read um, on CoverOne.net. You can you can uh, download it for absolutely free. If you want to give money, don't give it to me. I don't need I don't need money. Just give it to charity. There's a couple charities in there that if you want to give it to mm. them, you know, just, just do that. Give it back to people in need. Um, and, and other than that, I mean, there'll be a, a final mock draft, hoping to finish in the top 15 like I did last year. We'll see how the pressure will beyond this is a tough draft this year so uh, i might i might just bomb the thing but other than that man uh, just find me on twitter <laughs> at russ nfl draft um it, it, that's where all the content is so i appreciate it guys this was a lot of fun he's russell brown one of the best and brightest coming up in the nfl draft business and like he said be sure to follow him on twitter at russ nfl draft and all his great work for cover one and woodward sports thanks russ oh, reggie I, I know you're not a draft nut like myself but did that get you a little fired up there for the draft? It 16 did. days away? It did. Look, 16 days away, just bring, make it tomorrow. Let's do it just tomorrow. Let's do it. I, I'm I, ready. I, I'm with you, though. Too many <laughs> mock drafts. I mean, the pre-draft process gets to be a little long in the tooth. And all right, uh, enough already. The The rumors are swirling in the interview. I we know. Get it. Let, let's get to it. Let's go. Come on. Uh, coming up, it's time to put Reggie through the gauntlet and play my favorite segment, What Does It Mean? But first... A quick ad from our sponsor. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline has continued to be your source for the sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, baby, it's time for my favorite part of the show. It's finally here. I put Reggie on the hot seat. The Minnesota Twins lost their first two games of the season after blowing a ninth-inning lead Saturday. They rallied back to split their series, going 2-2 two and two with the Mariners. Reggie, mm-hmm. after the late game collapse Saturday, though, the Twins already look a bit flustered and concerned by their pitching rotation plans and depth. So offense and batting aside, what does it mean for the long-term game plan with this current pitching rotation? I just think they have to kind of wait and see. I think that is the biggest, like, question mark coming into the season is how well they'll pitch and you know it's interesting because they've gotten all these bats and I think as we've seen over the weekend this team is banging like they're gonna bang oh like they're gonna bang but if Byron Buxton can stay healthy and he just is gonna bang like that and and Sanchez can kind of have a little bit of a resurgence and then you got Mm. Correa to the mix hitting homers all the way to the third deck, that thing may not have landed yet still. (laughs) And so I think what is crazy about that is they just need the pitching to be competent. And so, but but with the staff that's young and and still trying to figure things out, I think you're going to have to be patient a little bit. And then, you know, you'll kind of reassess like after after a couple months like okay is this working like we we're scoring five six runs a game but we're losing seven to six or we're Mm -hmm. losing eight to seven and I think if if that continues to be a concern I think then maybe you have to go out and take another big swing to to get another guy but I mean yesterday was was nice you got Mm -hmm. shutout innings from Dylan Bundy and you're like oh 
if mm-hmm. we can get, you know, we're, it's not going to be a shutout every time. But if he can kind of pitch well each time, you know, Sonny Gray is going to figure it out. Ryan's going to be solid, I believe. And, and you know, you got Paddock coming in as well. Like, I think they can be okay. I think they can be okay. You know what you're going to get from the, the bats. And if you can just be competent, mm. just competent as a pitching staff, this team is going to contend. Tiger Woods, hey, he held on as long as he could this past weekend at the mm-hmm. 2022 Masters until the stamina ran dry and the fatigue started to set in. What does it mean for Tiger's chances at another dominant second-half run in his career after seeing some flashes of the old Tiger and glimpses into his now aging career? You know, I think this was a good opportunity for him to just kind of get his feet wet. How about getting your feet wet at the Masters, right? Yeah, but right. you know, he does that. <laughs> you, you overcome this accident and you go and play at the Masters. Like, are you mm. kidding me? Mm. I think Tiger Woods is one of the most ultimate gamers that we have seen in the world of sports. Like, I put him up there with the Michael Jordans, the Serena Williams, the, mm. you know, the Tom Brady's of the world. Like, this guy is going to go out no matter if he's got one leg, if he's got no legs, like, he's going to go out there. And he's going to compete. This guy is a gamer. And I think, you know, as he continues to, you know, make his way back and, and heal more from the the tragic injury that he had mm-hmm. in that accident, I think he's going to be okay. Like, we might see him win some more tournaments. We might see him win another major. We may see him win more than one. But what I think we have seen for sure is that nothing is going to keep Mr. Woods away from playing the game that he loves. And it's awesome to see because we all love to see Tiger play. And we all oh, no love doubt. to see when he's mm. playing well. And and I think that first day, I don't think it spoiled us, but I think it, it really just kind of captured our our feelings. We were just like, ooh, it's Tiger and he's playing well. And I think that's something that, you know, we'll we'll continue to get flashes. I don't think we'll ever see him at the very, very top of his game again just because mm-hmm. of everything that he's been through in his career. But I do think that we're going to have those moments where we're going to be like, oh, wow, like it's Tiger and he's mm-hmm. doing the Tiger thing. And, you know, he's going to win a major. He's going to win, you know, some more tournaments and it's going to be awesome to see. And then, you know, he'll, he'll have a lull because he just he just can't consistently keep doing it. But. We'll take whatever we can get, right? No doubt. That, that's the ultimate point, right? <laughs> I, I mean, the PGA golf is just, it's so much more magical when Tiger's in it. The, the memories and moments he's given us and brought the sport back to life over the last 20 years. I mean, you can't help but root for the guys. Something about seeing that Sunday Tiger red uh, is just a beautiful Love thing. It. Agree Love with it. you. You'll never see peak Tiger again, but if we can even get some flashes, some glimpses, um, I, I think that's all the, the that we can really ask for, and, and we'll appreciate and be grateful for any tiger we can get absolutely uh the vikings they held their first mandatory meeting yesterday i don't know if you heard Mm -hmm. about this reggie and veteran leaders like harrison smith and patrick peterson they were quick to note the change in the coach to player relationships the overall communication in the building stemming from this new regime so reggie what does it mean when it comes to what we can expect look and feel different with this team versus what we saw the past eight years with Mike Zimmer. I think 
players are just going to enjoy the game of football more. I think mm. when you always talk about like, oh, players are motivated. These players don't need anything right. to, to help motivate them. They're making money. They're trying to provide mm-hmm. for their families. Like every game, every play is a is a way to show their worth in this league and they're not going to take any plays off so the idea of like oh a new coaching staff is going to get more out of them because they can just you know motivate them better Nah, I, I don't necessarily buy that but I think what is different is you know maybe maybe they'll they'll enjoy you know at the the essence of football and all of these sports is they're just games and when you're on the playground as a kid you're having fun that's that's kind of the best experience. And it really kind of seems like the last coaching staff, especially like in the the the, the after hours of, mm-hmm. of Zimmer, you know, getting let go and all that, like a lot of players had a lot of pointed things to say mm. about the, the culture, the atmosphere. And these have been things that this new regime have come in to really kind of like hone in on and talk about, hey, we're we're going to change the culture around here. We, we got to have a good, you know, culture, a good relationship with, with all of our players and all of this good stuff. And I think there's something to that. And I think what we can see is a team that maybe enjoys being around each other, enjoys just being a, a full unit and a full team. And maybe that that type of jubilance and excitement and fun helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, and, no, no, and, no, no, no doubt. Yeah, like it helps a little bit in bringing a little bit more of a of a winning environment and culture and atmosphere to the team because when you got a young youthful guy like Quasi, a young youthful mm. guy like kevin o'connell their energy is easy to feed off of and i think that is probably going to be the biggest difference regardless of everything else perfectly said i i think again remember it all starts at the top props mm-hmm. to the wilfs and 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 really their ability to pinpoint the problem and find the solution bringing in Quasey, bringing in kevin o'connell again that young energy seems to be obvious when you watch the blueprint of the nfl landscape where a lot of the league is definitely heading in that direction last one with what does it mean with reggie the timberwolves lost their final game of the season to the chicago bulls 124 to 120 despite rallying back by the way from a 23 point halftime deficit without their two-star players anthony edwards carl towns but reggie what does it mean for the Wolves' confidence in these bench players who played a much more meaningful role and earned some valuable minutes in the comeback. Guys like Josh Okoye, Jalen Noel, Nathan Knight. Uh, I mean, this was a nice uh, opportunity to see some of your bench and maybe what you could get from a guy or two heading into the playoffs. What would you see? Well, first off, the the fact that they lost, I I don't think was – the most important thing here as opposed to getting those guys that playing time headed into the playoffs when you got you know you you start a playoff game and you don't think that you will rely on the bench heavily in a playoff game Mm -hmm. like that you think you'll you'll really rely more so on your stars but also Finch knows that if he gets into a pinch or, or even if he's not in a pinch and he needs to plug these guys in and play some meaningful minutes that that game gave them some confidence. 
You know, they, they were out there battling. They were out there getting their legs underneath them and getting in a rhythm a little bit so that when they come into the game, they're not coming in cold and coming in after, you know, not really have played for the last several weeks. And I think that was interesting. You got some guys in there that, that are playing for pride that are playing, you know, because they got families to feed as well. And they they got some pride on the line as well. They want to show that they can they can ball too. You know, and I think that's something that, you know, at times this season, when the Wolves haven't been playing well, we've looked at that bench and we're like, okay, if they're only getting like 20 points from the bench, they're only getting 15 points from the bench. Like that's just not going to get it done because we know that on a, a game in and game out basis, the stars, you know, you want them to be the stars, but you you're not going to get 30 points from your your three-headed monster every game. Some mm, nights mm, mm. you may need Jordan McLaughlin to score 10, 12, 15 mm. points, and sometimes he can. Sometimes you may need Torian Prince to score 10 points for you off the bench, and, and he's capable. And what I think that game showed is that if they need those guys to come in and contribute, that they can and they will. T-Wolves take on the Clippers tonight at the Target Center, 8.30 tip-off. Reggie's going to be there. Check out CARE 11 tonight and check out the full recap. Huge thank you to everyone for joining us on today's very first episode of the Superior Sports Talk Show. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the hot topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For now, he's Reggie. I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Stay blessed. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.